Welcome to the Grove Church Podcast and thegrovekc.com. Our mission as a church is to encourage people to discover true treasure in Jesus Christ. We hope you find today's teaching helpful and encouraging. Thanks for joining us. So there was there were some real highlights when it came to gaining these skills. And in every case of learning some of these different things, and there was countless others, uh, generally I was either talking to Eric, who was leading the project, or Chris, who was giving a ton of oversight and insight into the project, or I was on YouTube, right, just Googling, just YouTubing all kinds of things. How do we do this? How does it? That was a big thing with the, the hanging the door frames was, was watching a YouTube video and going, oh, that's what we have to do. And so uh, there was a number of times where that's just what it, it took, because what we were trying to do was find a way to, to do whatever it was we were asked to do uh, in a way that was better and or faster. Right? Either we need the same result, but faster, or we just need a, a better result, and we've got to figure out how to, to do this. Um, and so that's what I was looking for. Right? It, it's those kind of life hacks. You're, you're looking for ways to, to, to kind of create a shortcut, to do things better and faster. I said a number of weeks ago that one of the things I learned about just construction is you, you could, there's three key items in, in a construction project. Right? There's, there's money, and there's schedule, and there's quality. And you only get to pick two. You only get two of the three. That's, that's your choice. You can take whichever two you want, but you only get two out of the three. And so that was the constant challenge is how do we keep the quality at a certain place and yet not sacrifice schedule? We can't take forever to get things done. And so how do we balance these things out? And, and all of that uh, took, took learning. It, it took trying to figure out all these countless ways to work faster without sacrificing quality. That was really the challenge. And, and isn't this the case that all of us, that's really what we want. And when we start to talk about the, the tasks that we have, we, we want to try to figure out how can I do this faster without sacrificing quality? Or, 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 or if I have to sacrifice some quality, maybe not a ton, right? And so it's that balance that we all face. And this is why life hacks are such a big deal. Again, on Google, YouTube, you can go look and search and there's countless of these. And then there's, there's the channels that then take all the life hacks and then they try to put those into practice and they debunk them and say, no, that's not actually a life hack because it doesn't really work. And that all goes down. But, but we all want shortcuts. We all want to find ways to help us do things faster without sacrificing quality. But at the bottom of any shortcut that you and I might seek, really, is just this idea of, of learning. Right? Really, whatever hack I have, whatever shortcut I try to take, it really comes down to, am I willing to learn? And so the, the big idea today as we dive into this is if our, if our projects are going to last, right? for our projects to really last, and that's what we're talking about, how do we do projects that last? For our projects to last, we have to be teachable. We have to be teachable. This is another part of, another quality that needs to mark our working together, is that we're teachable. And this showed up in a lot of ways throughout this project, but it was just this willingness to say, let's learn how to be teachable. And so, a little background on this. Understand, we, we tend to think of Jesus, what we think, well, Jesus was perfect, right? Like, he... he he did it all that he was supposed to. He did it all right. And so how and what ways was he teachable? But the scriptures tell us that indeed he was, that Jesus himself was teachable. We're told in Luke 2.52 that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. So as a boy, 
he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. See, there's this indication that Jesus was growing in wisdom. Now, because he was and is God, and yet he became a man, there's this, this weird tension there where we think, well, how in the world does that work? But it is. It's what happened, is that he was perfect, and yet he was growing in wisdom and understanding. He was growing in understanding how to live out the will of his heavenly Father to trust God uh, and, and allow God the Father to supply the power and energy, the effort that he was asked to do, the things that he was asked to do. So we see Jesus growing up, increasing in wisdom and stature. We also see him display teachability in going to the cross. Okay, he goes to the cross, and we're told this in Hebrews 5.8, that although he was the son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. So here he is, he's the son of God, and yet we're told he learned obedience through what he suffered. He goes to the cross, and by doing so, he is demonstrating obedience to the Father's will. Kyle did a fantastic job of showing us last week that Jesus, there's a point of decision. There, there are many points of decision, but there's, there's a point of decision where Jesus is recognizing this is not what I want. The, the level of suffering and isolation and separation and, and shame that he was going to bear upon himself, he wasn't looking forward to that. But because of a greater purpose and a willingness and a desire to fulfill what the Father had for him, he chooses to go to the cross. He lays down his life. It's not taken from him. Okay? He lays down his life. And so in doing that, he, he is demonstrating that he is, is actually one of us. See, here's the wonder of the gospel. As we, we think about what it means to be teachable, we're going to look at just practically, what does this look like? How does this play out in, in our living? But, but understand, framing all of that is, is this idea that God became a man. And God became a man. The, the creator of all things became a human just like you and I. And he did that not to show off. Okay, this wasn't just to, to kind of do a party trick and say, look what I can do. That was not the goal. This was to show up in the middle of our rebellion. God looks, he, he shows up in the middle of our rebellion, in the middle of our brokenness, and he shows up and becomes a man. He becomes one of us so that we could be with him forever. That's the message that transforms. I mean, it's the reason why we gather. It's the reason why we want to do the things that we do as a church and as Christ's followers is because he's changed everything. Again, the God who created us became a man, lived the life we should have lived but didn't, and then took upon himself the, the punishment that we deserved. And in doing so, that learned obedience he, he's demonstrating, again, he's doing what we were supposed to do. We were to obey. We are to be people who follow and do the will of God perfectly. Jesus did it on our behalf, which means that then we can come to him through faith and find real new life, a lasting life that, that doesn't require us to prove something to God because God says, no, I've already done everything that was required. Now live not for my approval, but live because of my approval that I've given you in Jesus. And let that transform how you go about doing all the things that I've called you to do. And so 
What we want to do today is turn to the book of Proverbs, which the book of Proverbs, in one way, is essentially a, a learning manual for how to learn. I mean, it, it, there's more to it. I don't want to oversimplify it. it. It is pointing us to God himself, just like all of Scripture does. But it's very practically trying to help us understand what does it take to learn how to learn, and specifically how to learn God's ways, how to learn to walk in the ways God says is good in all kinds of really practical, like the things that you and I think about every single day. And so I want to turn there and really look at what does it mean to be teachable. So being teachable, just as a whole, requires Three big things, okay? Again, we could talk about a lot of other nuanced things, but really, being teachable requires three things. The first one is an aggressive pursuit of learning. Okay, being teachable, if, you're, if somebody is teachable, it means they want to learn. And so it requires this aggressive pursuit of learning. Proverbs eighteen fifteen says, the mind of the discerning acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks, seeks it. The, the mind of the discerning acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks it. So one who is discerning, one who knows how to learn, who, who really is figuring out, okay, this, a little of this, and not so much of that, and, and, and kind of creating these different categories that help with living life the way God intends, the mind of that kind of person is seeking more knowledge. They're seeking understanding. They're, they're inclining their ear to find knowledge, to, to gain wisdom. And again, this is not just sitting in a classroom kind of thing. There's a lot of ways to learn. But, but it is a, a desire, this aggressive desire to learn, to pursue learning. And it's not learning for the sake of just knowledge, just to say I know stuff. The, the idea in the scriptures is we're gaining knowledge, but it's knowledge that's always transformed into action. And more than that, just understand this, that this aggressive pursuit of learning is a patient pursuit. Okay, it's a patient pursuit. Like I said, it's meant to help. It's not just meant to show off. So Proverbs ten fourteen says, the wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool hastens destruction. Okay, the wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool hastens destruction. And so think about that word, stores up, right? That, that idea, the picture of the wise person is storing up knowledge. Now Jesus tells a, a parable in the New Testament about a man who stores up a bunch of stuff. He's, he's saving up all of his, he's a farmer and he, he's building these big barns. He's, got, he's done really well and he's got all this stuff. And, and, and Jesus uh, casts shade on that, on that farmer and on his approach to life because he says, look, you're living for for the, the temporal. You're living for what's right in front of you. And so you're just excited that you've got big barns filled with stuff, but you have no plan to do anything with that. It's not for anything else. That's not the kind of storing up that, that's being talked about here. Here, the kind of storing up of knowledge is just what I said earlier. It's storing up so that it's ready when it's needed. I'm storing this up so that when the time comes, I have it at my disposal. I'm ready to use the knowledge that I have. And, and that takes time. That means there, there's this patient pursuit of knowledge. 
this idea that over time, I'm just going to be adding a little here, a little there. As I try to learn to do this thing, I'm going to get a little bit better at that, right? I'm, I'm hopefully someday I'll be a better caulker than I was, you know, three months ago. So, I mean, there's, there's just that gaining of knowledge that is meant to be patiently added uh, for the things that we need to do so that I can be a help. But the mouth of the fool hastens destruction. Right? That, on the other hand, there's this, this person who, um, they're, they're just trying to show off. They're just trying to show what they know. They're just, they're just eager to have knowledge they can just spout out, and it doesn't really produce anything. It actually destroys. And so that's the contrast. But, but somebody who's teachable is aggressively pursuing learning. The second thing that a teachable person uh, requires or, or what they do is that they appreciate correction, okay? So being teachable requires appreciating correction. Proverbs 9, 7 through 8 says this, the one who corrects a mocker will bring abuse on himself. The one who rebukes the wicked will get hurt. Don't rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke the wise, and he will love you. Now, I just want you to think. Well, what's the last time you were corrected? Where somebody just said, look, you know, however they said it. I'm not, I, I get it. There's the, the folks who, they do this, and they, it's really, it's, it's harsh, and you know, it's that kind of thing. But, but think about it. Just the last time somebody corrected you, rebuked you, hey, stop, don't do, whatever, whatever however it played out. And what, what rises up in you? What rises up? Is it, is it, man, thank you so much for, for correcting me, for stopping me from doing that thing that I really was wanting to do because that's why I was doing it. Is that the response or is it, well, who are you to tell me? Well, why'd you have, or is it to begin to parse it out? Well, you could have said it this way or you could have said it that way. or right? I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think I tend to do the latter, Okay. That's just what happens. Somebody wants to correct me. My initial reaction is, well, okay, are they doing it exactly the way I want it to? Do they know everything that I'm doing? It's not to go, I don't, my first reaction is not to think, oh man, somebody really cares enough about me to correct me, to help me, to, and so when you think about that, right? I mean, scripture is, there's, there's different categories. There's some fine tuning to things, but it's helpful. It gives us these broad categories at different points because it's helpful to just really get to the heart of what's going on. And so I have to look at this and go, okay, well, in that moment, am I a mocker or am I a wise person? Well, I'm more the mocker, right? I mean, that's the instinct is, well, let me mock you. Let me, let me somehow prove why your correction, why your rebuke isn't valid and why I shouldn't listen to it. I become the mocker instead of the wise person who says, you know what, there's something here. Let me, let me find what I need to learn in this situation. A teachable person appreciates correction. Rebuke the wise and he will love you. The third thing is a teachable person is known for listening to advice. Okay, I mean, this may be obvious based on what we've said, but, but really this is this other piece to it is that we are willing to listen to advice. Proverbs 9 goes on. Instruct the wise and he will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and he will learn more. Instruct the wise and he will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and he will learn more. You have to consider, if if you're a wise person, 
if you're going to be a teachable person, you have to consider that you don't have it right. Okay, that, that has to be on your mind. The possibility, you know, I could be wrong. It, it's possible. Well, maybe, maybe not likely, but it's possible that I could be wrong, that I don't have it right. It, it, a teachable person thinks, you know, it, it is entirely likely that I may have missed something. Or I haven't yet gained all the insight that I need. And, and when that's our approach, when we have that mentality, no matter how skilled we are at something, then when somebody comes and they brings advice or they, and they have something to tell us and something to share, we're, again, we're not looking to try to parse out all the reasons why I don't need to listen to this person and why I shouldn't do everything that they said. Instead, we're able to look at the nugget of where does this help me? How can I gain from this? In, in what ways can I store this up so that when the time comes, it will help me in what needs to be done? That's what the wise person does. They listen to advice. Proverbs 12, 15 says, a fool's way is right in his own eyes, but whoever listens to counsel is wise. If you're a fool, that means you're just, you've always got to be right. And frankly, guys, it just gets tiresome. I, I know. It's just tiresome to have to always be right. And so, yes, it's foolish, but it's, it's just also impractical. It's just, it, it wears you down. Instead, a teachable person, again, this is where it seems like, man, this takes a lot of work. Gosh, you're talking about learning. And, you know, I try to think about that because I realize when, when I start talking about, even using the word learn, right? So sometimes we'll say, hey, let's join us, come together. You're like, we're going to do this Bible study or we're going to do this thing. You can come and learn about. I try to avoid the word learn because for many of us, when I say the word learn, we think, oh, that means I, you're going back to like your worst elementary school experience, sitting in the desk, like having to sit uncomfortably and however that was, whatever that was for you that's, where you, that's where your mind goes. And so for many of us, the idea of learning, we just, we turn off to it because we think, oh, that's what's being referred to. But instead, the scriptures have in mind, again, learning in some different ways, but also the idea that learning really gives us life. A fool's way is right in his own eyes, but listening to counsel, seeking ways to, to gain knowledge, whether it's from people who know what they're talking about on YouTube, okay? Not everybody does, and, and that's okay. That's, that's just the way that goes. It, this is part of growing wise, is being able to sort this out, that there are some things to, to be gained, and then there's other things that really are just a waste of time. And, and, but the teachable person listens to advice. And so with these kind of three big things in mind, I want to invite the, the DuPonts up. I want to invite Nick and Megan to come on up. And as they're making their way, I'm going to grab the, the mic here. Uh, as they're making their way, um, I want to just let you know they and their son Noah, who Noah's out of town this week, but um, they have put up a lot of hours. So we, we kind of I, I issued this 24-hour challenge, um, and they, they far exceeded that 24-hour challenge in terms of helping serve in the building. We deeply appreciate all the work that you guys put in. Um, and, and we really you know, could count on them. There were some key times where they were just here week in and week out helping out. Um, and like some of the others that we've highlighted over the last few weeks, um, they were pitching in in all kinds of ways. And so deeply grateful for that. Um, and and I, as we were talking about it and thinking through it, uh, really they were demonstrating a lot of these, these 
characteristics of teachability that I've just highlighted. And so I wanted to ask them to come and share a little bit of their experience. So we'll, we'll start here. Uh, tell us a little bit about just some of the things that you did for the first time. Like what were just some things that were new to you that you recall participating in as you were helping out? Oh, make sure. That was my, I probably missed my cue there. Oh, it should be good. Oh, there we go. I turned it off. It was on and I turned it off. Uh, so for me, um, probably like major demo work, uh, laying carpet tile, uh, skim coating walls, uh, running electrical wire, uh, becoming a better caulker. So, yeah, same thing. Right, so for me, it was really a shorter list of things that I had done before than the things I hadn't done before when I came into the building. Um, some things that stand out to me. So the things I had done before, I had painted. I can sweep floors. I could do that. But pretty much everything else I got an opportunity to do was first time for me. Um, one of the highlights was learning how to operate the hydraulic lift and not running into anyone yeah. or anything. So yeah. <laughs> that was a highlight for me. Yeah. That's another good one. I, I share that with you. Yes, that was, that's highlight. When you make it through one of the doorways, you're like, wow, I've really accomplished something. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, you know, again, learning. You're storing it up. You're, you're going to be there. That's good. That's right. That's right. Well, just, again, we've asked this for everybody, but for you guys, what compelled you to give your, your time and your resources? Your, I mean, there was a lot of sacrifice involved in and spending the time that you did. So what was compelling for you? So uh, I was kind of semi in between jobs um, and knew I'd have some time. Uh, but aside from that, you know, I, I love this church. I love our church family. Um, you guys are always there for, for us and for me. Um, and so wanted to just come and serve and then also to uh, just be an example to the kids. Um, as to what a church family looks like and putting uh, their goals ahead of yours. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I have several reasons for why I was so compelled for uh, spending time and resources with this project. Uh, first of all, like, I love you guys, and um, I really saw this as an opportunity for us to, to build relationships, and I saw um, just a lot of how exciting it would be for us to always have a place that we could call home, that we could come to, to, to be together and do life together. Um, I also was excited about, like, maybe people would take notice of all the activity that was happening here, and maybe that might prompt them to, you know, ask some questions and to seek further what, it, what it's like to be a, a church family and to be a family of God. And um, lastly, um, I think that something that really um, compelled me to work here and want to come here and be enthusiastic about it was our leadership team. And knowing I could come here and Eric or Christian or Chris, um, you guys are always available to answer questions. I could come in and be like, what do you need today? What can I do? And you guys would show me and um, it just gave me a lot of confidence in knowing I can do what I was asked. Well, we deeply appreciate it. And Nick explained that he was in between jobs, but, but he was in between jobs because he was making a, a massive career shift. Um, and we're going to mention it because this just happened. But the career shift is that, that Nick is, is moving towards becoming a teacher. He's gone through this crazy learning process. I mean, he's been in learning mode. And then Friday had uh, a big test and uh, passed his final big, big test. And so we're so excited for you. You did a great job in midst of studying all that and helping us. So congratulations. That's awesome. Okay. 
Um, and again, I, I commend these guys not only in this project, but, but with, with that and in numerous other ways. They've just shown themselves to really value input from others, to, to value getting to learn from others, as well as being able to uh, lend their own understanding and knowledge to others as well. They, they help out in lots of different places, and so deeply grateful for you guys. Thank you for, for sharing a little bit of your experience. Well, as we consider that, I want to just wrap up and give you kind of practically, if you're thinking about, well, how do I grow in being teachable? There's always this, I did a little bit of just teaching and in, in, uh, I did some substituting in public school and then uh, taught in private school and, um, or, and even did some other work with, with uh, public elementary school. So I've done some of that in the past and the joke among teachers is always that teachers are the, the worst students, right? So when you go into, when it's like in service day, the teachers are, they're never paying attention. They're, they sit in the very back so they can do other work and not learn what they're needing. That's, it's, a, it's this bad stereotype. But, but really, to be a, a teacher means you have to be, again, an aggressive learner. I mean, you, you have to be learning to be a good teacher. And so how do we learn to to learn well? How do we learn to be teachable? And so years ago, just thinking through uh, all some of these qualities and, and what the scriptures say about uh, being teachable, I developed this, just this little way for me to remember it, a way to tell the kids about it. Um, and it's this, if you want to be teachable, if you want to do this, you got to be a pro. Okay, so be a pro. And here's, here's what that means. The first thing, it, somebody who's teachable is going to ask questions. They're just ready to ask questions. Um, this, is, this is one of the things that was hard for me growing up because I kind of had it in my mind and still can't have this, right, that, that I've got to show that I already know things. Right? That's what was valued in school is that you know stuff. And so you don't ask questions because you're only supposed to raise your hand when you have the right answer, not to ask something. But that's a complete opposite of the way you, you actually learn, the way you, you grow wise, the way you can be a teachable person is you ask questions. And so this is not a necessarily, there, there's a little bit of a, a step-by-step thing, but really when you talk about asking questions, that's something that has to happen throughout, is to, to be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to raise my hand. I don't understand. You used a word. I don't understand. What was that all about? You, you, you said this, and I'm not quite sure I followed you. That willingness to, to really follow along and ask questions, admit that, hey, maybe I don't know something. Um, this happened with us. We're trying to, we're taking our daughter around and she has a very specific area of interest, which is illustration. And so we were talking to a professor about uh, illustration and animation and she, he was asking her, well, what do you think about this? And, and tell me a little bit about what your interests are. And as, as he was doing that, at some point, finally, I was like, okay, I'm trying to get my head around, making sure I can talk about it the way she talks about it so that we can be a help to her. But she knows a bunch of big words about this that I don't know. And so I asked the professor, I said, can you just break this down? Like, what are the differences here? What, what, is, what are we talking about here? How do you, how do you parse this out? Um, but it took, it took me a while. Finally, I was like, okay, no, I just need to ask this question because I wanted to know. I mean, I wanted to, to know, but I also wanted to, to, to think that I did know, right? I mean, I, I wanted to present that I didn't know. And so it's just, it takes being willing to humble yourself and ask questions. Proverbs 2, 2 through 4 is really this uh, kind of thesis statement for growing in wisdom. It says, listen closely, or it talks about listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight, lift your voice to understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, 
And it goes on to, to talk about how wisdom comes. But, but just notice the, the verbs there. Notice the actions, right? Call out, lift your voice, seek it, search for it. This, this takes, again, an aggressive posture that says I'm willing to put myself out there, admit that I don't know something, and ask questions. And if I'll do that, I shorten my learning curve. It gets shorter. Again, this is the true shortcut, is being willing to be teachable, to ask questions. The next part of this is pay attention. Pay attention. Proverbs 4.20. My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. This is another challenge, is I can ask questions, but then am I really dialed in to learn? Right? Am, I, am I doing multiple things? Am I making that idea that, oh, I can multitask, I can really listen to you, but I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna think about a bunch of other stuff. If we're gonna learn, you really do have to focus. You have to learn, and this is not easy. It's not easy, especially in our day and age. We got a lot of things at our fingertips. And so, paying close attention. The next thing then is remember. Proverbs 3.1, my son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands. You have to have a way to remember what you're saying. Now, I, I, I find this very often, somebody, and, and I'm not, this is not me picking on anybody, I just, but, but I, if, if what this does is produces a people who bring uh, notes or notebooks with them or, or the notes app on your phone, if that becomes more readily available to you, then that's fine, I'll take that risk because here, here's what happens, this is where I'm getting at is, oftentimes somebody will say, hey, can we meet and talk? And, and we do meet and talk and, I'm, I, and I don't have all the answers, but, but they're asking for some kind of input uh, for something and I'll, I'll think, well, you want my input, but you're not doing anything to remember anything we're saying. And, and that may be that you are just, you like memorize everything, you've got it all, you're gonna remember it all. But I know that's hard for me to do. And so having a way to actually remember, one, it, it says to the person, whether it's me, I don't, it doesn't matter, but just it says to the person, I really value that you've got something to help me with. You, you've got something to show me um, that I can learn from. But it also gives you a way to help ensure, it's not gonna guarantee, but help ensure that you might remember that more. Even if you never go back to that note, sometimes just the process of writing it down or typing it out helps imprint it better in, in your brain. And so making that a point to remember the things that you're told, the things that you're trying to learn. Uh, and then finally, obey. And, and that's just the reminder that the things that we're learning are meant to be worked out in obedience. They're meant to be worked out in actual action. And so we're, we're told, Psalm 128.1, I mean, this is true of, of just God, the life with the Lord. How happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Walking in obedience is meant to bring joy. It's meant to be the way to life. It, it is what God intends for us. And so obedience is not meant to be drudgery. It's meant to be something that actually yields goodness in our lives. And so we're told, Proverbs 10, 17, the one who follows instruction is on the path to life, but the one who rejects correction goes astray. Again, this is the path to life. Following in God's ways. Whether I'm learning, hey, here's how to, to really obey the Lord in this particular way, or I'm learning how to, to caulk or router Right? Obedience is the path. I mean, that's, that's the way. You, you, I learned something, let me go put it into practice. And that is the path to life. So you want to be teachable, be a pro. Right? Ask questions, pay attention, 
Do what you have to do to remember what you've learned and then put it into practice. Obey what you've learned. That road trip that we took, I wanted to show you this picture just because you might be interested. Okay, it was over 2,500 miles. Okay, we actually, by the calculation on the car, it was just under, it was like 19 miles shy of 3,000 with all the other driving around. Um, so 2,500 miles, 10 states. Okay, uh, this, was, this was pretty epic. So we started here, went down into Arkansas, across over to Tennessee, up to Indiana, over to Madison, Wisconsin, and then up into the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and then back down. Uh, 2,500 miles, 10 states. Now the driving was well broken up and we were trying to make sure we didn't have a bunch of long days. And so I think the longest probably travel day was just getting back from, from Minneapolis. Um, but I was noticing something as we were making our way, uh, coming back home just a couple days ago, uh, I was realizing that uh, the, the hardest part of a trip, I think I've thought about this before, but it, it just really dawned on me that the hardest part of a road trip, right, is like the last 30 to 45 minutes, right, when it becomes familiar again, right, you don't have it and you're not, it's not like you already know where you're going, it's just familiar, and all you're thinking about is all the ways in which maybe if I had not, not made that stop quite as long, and if I hadn't, if I had just done this instead, maybe I'd already be home, right, I mean, that's like, that's where my mind goes, like I would just already be home, and it starts to, to kick in, and you're just ready to be done, you want to be there yet, I mean, be there already, and it's important as we think about it as a church, guys, that you know, just remember, we haven't arrived. That's always going to be the case. We haven't arrived. And it's easy to get kind of frustrated and impatient because you think, I just want to be home. I just want to be there. I want, I want things to be the way I think they should be. I know that, you know, fellowship could be sweeter here. I know that, you know, worship could be different like this. I, whatever the thing is, when we have these ideas, I want it to be, I want to be there. And the reality is, none of us have arrived. We're, we're not quite there yet. But when it seems like it would be better to go off-road or just choose a different destination, I, I want to remind you, we, the, the, the shortcut is not to leave behind the good destination. It's not to just go off-roading and, and leave behind God's ways. The shortcut is to lean in and to learn, to learn together, to learn humbly and understand that all of us are trying to learn and figure things out and be willing to learn from one another and know that Jesus will. Jesus will get us to our destination. And it will be sweet as we are humble, as we are learning together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather, to worship you, and to learn. And I pray that you would uh, make us a people who are aggressively teachable. Um, that really do delight to, to learn of your word, to learn of you and your character, and, and to learn of your ways, um, and want to put those into practice. So in that way, whatever is helpful for remembering it, but help us to be pros, to be the kind of people who do ask questions and, and pay attention to what we're learning and remember it and put it into practice. And I pray, Lord, that our desire for those things and the, the fulfillment of those things would flow out of just a deeper and deeper understanding of the goodness that is found in Jesus, in the life that is given in him. If there are any here today that have yet to 
taste of that goodness, yet to receive that gift of new life that's found in Christ, I pray that they would really consider that you would stir in them a desire to learn, a desire to understand better who Jesus is, what he's done, and why that really matters, because it changes everything. And so, Lord, would you work uh, in uh, the life of, of folks that are here and the life of our church, help us to be teachable and, and be good learners with one another. Um, and we pray that you would use this mightily for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We pray that you were encouraged by the message and equipped to take your next step with Jesus. Visit us online at thegrovekc.com for more ways to connect with us. And join us again next week for another podcast from The Grove Church. Have a great day. Thank you.